Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Rico. Hey, hello there. You made it home? No. No, I'm still um, I'm in the car now, so uh, <laughs> we're still driving. Of course so I made it how, home. How long did it take you to get home? Three days. I Three went, days? Yeah, 600 miles the first day, 500 the second, and whatever else it was. And that's it. Now right, I'm going to ask you one personal question, and I promise. I will do it. You I know, I, I answer anything, any question. Right. Did Louis the dog make it home alive? Well, <laughs> Not because of me, but because I wanted to dump him three times. Uh, where was it? South Carolina. I tried to open the window, but uh, my wife punched me in the mouth, so I went out. Second time was New uh, North Carolina. North Carolina had him half out the window, but she closed the window, and the dog was <laughs> halfway outside. And you know, it reminds me of that movie, uh, yeah. Family Vacation. When, the when they had the dog in the back of the car, and then they had the leash, and then he drove 500 miles and forgot the dog, and it was just a leash. Anyway, uh, uh, name of the show is The Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zappler, Rico Petra. Really, Rico has his phone out because we ha we're bringing J.P. Cohen in from memory lane. J.P. is a dear friend of the show, and Rico forgot to print out his portion of the questions to J.P. So as a result, he's going to... He's going to hey. look at his phone instead of committing them to memory like he probably should have done. Can I, can I trust him with the, keeping a secret? Go you ahead. see what I mean? He, uh, you come no, out with everything personal. Go ahead. No, forget it. All right, so before we bring JK, JP in, our headlines brought to us by our good friend Rich Miller and the great staff at Sports Collectors Daily. I think uh, JP, can he'll, he'll, he'll have a little comment about this. The All-Star Cafe Wagner sells for a record $3.1 million. A T206 Honus Wagner car that was once owned by Charlie Sheen, who, by the way, has some issues, uh, wound up stolen from the New York City restaurant and had it on display in an unlocked case, sold for $3,136,500 at the auction last Thursday night. PSA 1 poor copy had consigned to a Mile High Card Company and Brian Drent it was being offered for the first time since 2013, Rico, when it sold for $402,900. According to the auction house, though, the Oklahoma resident who consigned the card has designated proceeds for the Boys and Girls Club. So wow, that's kind of cool. That's, that's kind of cool. Uh, you can read the rest of the story by going to sportscollectorsdaily.com. Sports Collectors Daily provides it all, all of the information you need for the hobby. All right, I'm really excited because typically we bring in Thomas Sulo. And I said, you know something? We have to bring in the main honcho of memory lane auctions because we he's tough to get a hold of. We get him in very, very seldom. Our good friend, J.P. Cohen, president of memory lane. How are you, J.P.? Hey, J.P. Hey, I'm good. Thanks for the introduction. Oh, <laughs> no, you look great. Hey, first of all, congratulations, man. Fatherhood, talk to me. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing it again. And uh, I got a beautiful, uh, healthy little boy. He's went out three months and uh, very grateful, very blessed. Uh, having a lot of, a lot of uh, amazing memories already, but uh, really, really, really sweet to have uh, a new addition to the family. You know, JP, um, I want to get right into it because you've got, you've got a, a, two blockbuster auctions uh, on the horizon. But, and we talked about this yesterday. Tell us about, before we talk about the Manny Gordon auction, tell us about Manny Gordon. Gosh, um, <clears throat> he was such a wonderful guy. I mean, putting aside, he was, you know, one of the best collectors that most dealers have, you know, dealt with. I mean, if you, if you ask majority of the longtime dealers in the hobby, most of them would put Manny on the top of the list as, as one of the, the, the nicest, uh, passionate collectors in the hobby. Um, but he was, he was more than that to us, to me. Uh, he was a dear friend, very caring, very loving. Um, got to know him over the years on a personal level. Um, many visits to New York would be always including Manny in a, a dinner or a play or some type of gathering. Every national, for the most part, Manny was there, brought his sons. Um, and he, more than just looking for additions to his collection, he just loved the people that uh, were in our hobby, the dealers, the other collectors and networking and uh, making friends. And he was just such a, a, a wonderful man, uh, truly missed by many. I mean, it's been over two years now or getting close to the two years since he passed. And sadly, he was in that beginning uh, phase of uh, the COVID and he passed to COVID. And uh, so it was a very big shocker for all of us. And you know, just a wonderful guy. I mean, loved his family, loved life, um, and well-respected. You know, one thing that I noticed, and, and by the way, I, I, I'm going to publicly say this, your Manny Gordon catalog, two things. Number one, the accolades, uh, the, the quotes, endorsements by, I don't know, 15 or 20 different people in the hobby uh, about Manny. It was very impressive. Everyone from... Uh, from Joe Orlando to Brian Drent and everything in between, everybody must you know thought the world of this guy. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I was obviously aware of Manny. Um, but the second thing is, you know, I said this to you yesterday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there. You know, Ellen and I, uh, people have asked Ellen and I uh, over the years to write a book on the 33 Gaudi set. And we just never have had the time to do that because of the book projects that we've been involved in. You guys have already written that book because wow. I'll, I'll tell you right now that you guys should really consider uh, converting that to a coffee table style book regarding the 33 Gaudi set because Joe Thomasul, I don't know if Joe did all the writing for that, but whoever did all of the writing wrote the narratives for both the card and the and the background of the player did a spectacular job. You've got you've got the card images there. That is a book on the thirty three complete thirty three Gaudi set. You guys did a great job with that. Listen, I I agree. It made it very easy. <clears throat> I 
of course, you know, Joe T is wonderful in his writing and he's been with the company for a very long time. In fact, most of us, you know, the higher end items that we put to auction, always, you know, Joe takes it upon himself to, to be the writer on it. And we love the <coughs> writing he does. But, you know, in regards to the Gaudi collection, you know, what made it so um, smooth for us to put together such an amazing book, it was the quality of the cards. You know, as we all know, not all eights, not all nines, not all sevens, whatever, whatever the greatest are created equal. Um, Manny had an eye. You know, if you really take the time when you're looking at that catalog and just look at the, the, the top 10 cards, because we have a top 10 card section in Manny's catalog. They're all amazing eights. Um, there's a couple of nines in there. So when you look at it, you'll realize that most of those cards, if not all of them, are on the top echelon of the grade that it is. I mean, right. it's, it, it, it's well, res you know, respected. And going back in time, you know, Manny back in Philadelphia at the, at the um, uh, all the different shows. It was King of Prussia and, and Fort Washington. I remember him walking around. I remember him getting the yellow Ruth. And being so proud that he upgraded his yellow Ruth to this yellow Ruth, he was always trying, when I say upgrade, not upgrading the grade, I mean, upgrading the card. So if, if he had an eight and he saw a better eight, it, it was never a shock that Manny would upgrade to, to have a better presentation of the card. So that's represented in this catalog. And that's where I encourage people that are interested in not bidding. I mean, bidding's great. And of course, I'm sure people will be bidding like crazy on this stuff, but just, just to respect what Manny built and how amazing that Gaudi collection is, which goes to what you guys are, are, are giving us um, props for that. The book's there. I mean, if you want to pick out the best Gaudi <laughs> cards to create a Gaudi book, it's there. It is. So, Everything is done. So I love that idea. I love you that you brought that up today because it's definitely something we should we should consider Absolutely. because it's great for the hobby. And if you really think about how special a, a, an auction just on Gaudi's alone, go back in time. You know, I've been doing this a long time and I know you've been around a long time. There hasn't been a auction uh, of this magnitude as far as one set and condition for as long as it. I can remember. Okay. So this is, this is history. So even creating that book based on around the fact that the, this set was auctioned is something special. People will be talking about this collection of Gaudis for years. I can see us 10 years from now going, Hey, you remember the Manny Gordon Gaudi collection? And that's what you have. And there's truly some amazing cards in there. And I definitely encourage people just to enjoy Thomas Sula's writing, enjoy the cards, and definitely take a look, like you said, at the, the tribute page of how special Fantastic. Manny was to, to, the, to the industry and to, to people. Rico? Yeah, well, speaking of the Gaudi, uh, what about the Ruth Gaudi? Is it still keeping its value, or is it kind of losing some steam here? Yeah, I got to tell you, Rico, everything's keeping its value lately. It's uh, it's it's it's. It's amazing. It's it's just to watch our industry and what's happened in the last month, let alone the last couple of years, is tremendous. Um, you know, the Gaudi Roots, uh, to me, those will always be sought after cards. Those are kind of like staples in the hobby. That, the Mickey Mantle 52, uh, the Wagner card. And 
no matter as long as you know you buy rarities and, and high grade, you're always going to do well. I don't care who the player of the card is, because there's always going to be someone else that wants it. You know, it's supply and demand. But in regards to the Ruths, yeah, they, they're holding their value. They're the, probably the most sought, one of the most sought off, sought after players uh, to collect. And he, you know, he's been gone what, 75 years almost, you know, it, it's truly amazing um, that he's still a household name. He's still highly collected as the, you know, the main um, force in this hobby. So I, I would think that things won't change the, especially Gaudi's Gaudi roots from probably the most popular card. So oh, uh, I definitely think uh, in time, those are cards that if someone can afford to own one, in any grade, grab one, put it away, because I, I don't think you could ever go wrong with owning a 33 Gaudi Root. Could, could I just... JP, go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. Oh, no, just uh, that uh, Wagner card, was that the original, the top one, or is that a different no, one? No, no, no. The, the Wagner card that I talked about in the headline was only a PSA 1, oh, but okay. it, it has a, has a pretty uh, interesting history because it belonged to Charlie Sheen. Yeah, the actor right. and Charlie loaned it to the All Star uh, Cafe, All Star Cafe in New York City. Mm -hmm. They stole mm -hmm. it. One of the waiters stole it and replaced <laughs> it with a, uh, a a reprint, and they they wound up solving okay. the case, arresting the guy. So the the the, the card took uh, took on a kind of a notoriety of its own. So wow. uh, okay. congratulations That's to Brian, yeah. JP. I, I I want to touch upon something <clears throat> we've talked about in the past you and i and actually i've talked about i've talked about this topic with a lot of your your competitors and you guys all are like one fraternity you're a vintage guy i'm a vintage guy uh you know a lot of the auction houses that we deal with are vintage auction houses there's an influx now of modern and ultra modern cards, as we all know. And you guys, especially you guys, I mean, when this all happened two years ago, two and a half years ago, it was almost like a baptism on the fire for you guys, because you really had to get up to snuff on, you know, the ultra modern basketball cards, baseball cards, football cards. Is there a place for both components, ultra mod, well, for the three components, modern, ultra modern, and vintage to be married and just to, coexist i think in time there could be i think right now we're just trying to figure it out kind of navigate it's all new landscape in this hobby a lot of new things happening a lot of new companies new ways of conducting business in the hobby new ways of collecting you know the modern market is completely taken us by storm i mean it's just it's the numbers that are uh being um, received for some of these cards are just mind-boggling. I mean, especially from a guy like myself and probably someone like you that just is used to the vintage market. However, I'm learning every day. You know, I'm not discounting it. Um, I, I think what's happening here is this younger generation maybe could relate a little more to uh, a living player or someone that's more fresh in, um, in their career. Uh, those cards, I think the manufacturers did a, an amazing job. You know, for many years, the vintage market was all driven by population uh, and scarcity. And we've always done well with the population 
of cards in the vintage uh, arena. Whereas now these manufacturers have created these one of ones, one of 25. Manufactured rarities. Manufactured rarities. Mm. And it's being <laughs> accepted and it's being embraced. And what's happening here is, is I think the younger collector um, and I'll touch on that word collector in a minute um, is, is, relating to those guys they feel a little bit connected you know and that's that's what collecting is all about there's sure. some, some no problem with that some, some way of uh, connecting yourself or having a way that you, you embrace what it is your favorite player your grandfather's favorite player you know, your favorite teams things like that so but the word collector you know that's where i at this point in the hobby i'm sitting back kind of watching what's going on taking it all in trying to learn trying to adapt where we feel we need to as a company um, to grow and, and not just discount what's going on, um, pay attention. And I'm finding that my assessment of what's happening here is there's more of a, a drive or, a, or an interest in the investment side or the, how to, the money side of it. Whereas for the last 22 years, for the most part, the majority of our demographic of a collector has been a guy that is a that doesn't care about the money. The money, fortunately, followed the collecting. You know, the first priority was the drive to collect, to to enjoy it. Had nothing to really do about money and what it's worth. I could tell you a zillion times how many times I might sell you a card and I say, hey, I'll sell you this Ty Cobb card uh, for $100. And three weeks later, I said, hey, I got a guy that wants that Ty Cobb I sold you a few weeks ago. He'll give you five times your money and you're just not interested. And that's the difference I see today in, in the newer collector is they're more interested in how much money they make and, and can I flip it? Can I make money? And I turn it. And you know something, Rico, you've kind of taken that position over the discussions that we've had regarding that. You're you're kind of <clears throat> I'm on the fence about that, Rick, but you've always been kind of like you don't have a problem with that. If you're gonna buy a card, you're an investor, you're a young kid, you're gonna buy that Tatis card and flip it and make a few bucks. That's you don't have a problem with that, Rick, right? <clears throat> it's just like you guys. I like the old timers who talk baseball. It was great then. Times are changing. First of all, from a marketing standpoint, if you want the if you want the industry to grow, you're going to have to go along somewhat at least because there'll always be vintage, right? I mean, people who really right. love the but to 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 expand the the industry. This is what some some of the uh, collectors are looking for, for, money. People need money now. Okay, but there's still going to be a certain amount of people who, you know, they love their favorite people. But as far as the uh, – I'm thinking marketing. As far as the industry is concerned, whether you like it or not, you're almost going to have to, I think, push for your, for the, your own company to grow. You know, to, to if that's what they want – they want the, you know, the, the the guys that are playing today. Okay, you know, this is you're what making, the customer wants. You're making a wants. damn good point. Well, thank uh, you. No, you are. I mean, JP, uh, after the break, we're going to get into the auction part of, of your, of, you know, what you're going to be doing. But <clears throat> Rico's making a very good point. From your uh, perspective, 
have you brought in some of those? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them millennials. Have you brought in a couple of millennials on the payroll to not just teach you that, but you know, guys that are experts in that particular field? We haven't uh, fully brought someone specifically for that in. There is a, a couple of guys within the company that that have enough knowledge to 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 grow and to build on. Um, you know, back to Rico says, yes, you have to adapt. That's called business. It's called you have to change with the times. I guess the point I was making is it's just a different different collector. Oh, yeah, and definitely. The, co yeah. the collector that is the vintage collector and, and, and maybe what I'm and I'm going to kind of circle back to how this all started. What you're saying is the vintage collector is more interested in, in in the gratification of knowing he owns that item. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Whereas the new collector, for the most part, is more interested in the value of the item. Right. Okay? Right. It's just a different way yeah. of collecting. There's nothing wrong with either way. No. It's I just a different a different mindset. It's a different different, uh, like I said, demographic of what a collector is in today's market mm. as far as the more modern stuff, whereas what absolutely. I would describe a vintage collector. Yeah. No, you know, I agree with is, you. Yeah, so. absolutely. Good stuff. Time. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. We are chatting with JP Cohen from Memory Lane Auctions. We come back, JP, after the On Deck with Rico segment. We, uh, we want to get into the Manny auction, and then you have a blockbuster auction coming up right after that. Hang in there, and we will be uh, – by the way, Jared Cavalli from Pristine is going to join us for a few minutes towards the end of the show. Jared, ask if he could come on, and we're going to looking forward to chatting with him. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. 
How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. Now on deck with Rico Paracelli. Rico Paracelli. <laughs> Hi, my name is Rui. Time for on deck with Rico Paracelli. <laughs> you know something? Someday you're going you're gonna to get it right. That's a recording. They're not live. You can't say hi to them because oh, they're not oh. going to say hi back to you. Well, I was going to say, uh, let, she's uh, her grandfather's here, as you know, Dave. Yes. And he's very proud of her. If we keep doing the show, she's going to be 25 years old. She's going to hear her voice. <laughs> is that me? All right, listen. It is time. It's time for our segment called On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Hey, just check out this giveaway, Rick. We have a couple of more of these. Harry oh, Hooper there's, there's these, these are given to us. We have, we're going to have give one away now and then one when we do the giveaway in the Staten Island Joe Marino bag. This is a really cool book. Harry Hooper was a hell of a ball player. Rico and Harry used to room together. So uh, it's all good. <laughs> I like this name, good. Hooper, in, in right. Boston. This week's question was submitted by Tom Hamick. Tom Hamick. Okay. Rico. Oh. Yeah. What was the worst injury that you had in the majors, and how much of an impact did it have on you? <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, I had an elbow uh, operation. Uh, that was uh, I was out for a little while there, but I tell you, the most painful one. Now, don't don't laugh. Don't make I'm fun of laugh. me. Don't make fun of me. I had a cyst in my rear end. Did you really? I'm serious. I had to sit on the bench. On a pillow. <laughs> so I'll be, uh, you laugh, you see? 
I know I'm you not, were going to laugh. That's the I truth. I was laughing at a joke. That's the truth. About. It was uh, abscess. You don't have to cause it. <clears throat> the doctors thought I was full of baloney. Get out there and play. So I was running like, you know, my legs like this. It was killing me. Come back. Finally, they took me to the hospital. <clears throat> they check you out. <laughs> and they found out it was uh, uh, abscess. And the doctor was there, of course. And he says, he apologized. He's really sorry. I didn't think you had, you know, anything real serious. How long were you out for? Oh, for a week or so. Oh, you know, they clean. So let me ask you a question. Go ahead. You couldn't slide. You stole a base. What the hell the hell were you going to slide? What'd you say? Stolen what? (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't have the steel sign, so it didn't matter. No, but, uh, you know, getting a ground ball. I'm, I'm. I'm telling I you, it was but, the worst pain I've ever had in my life. But what about, didn't you have an inner ear infection that really screwed you up? Too? Well, I got hit with a ball, and uh, yeah, I had, uh, that was kind of the beginning and the end of my career. Okay, that was probably the most serious, but the pain, most painful, oh, man. Was the cyst. Uh, the cyst. <laughs> All right, that's it. Well, congratulations, Tommy Hamick. We will get that book out to you. All right, let's get back. Let's get back to, uh, to JP. JP, let's talk about. Uh, give us a, a little uh, overview of the Manny auction and then the auction following that. So in conjunction with the, well, the Manny auction is a catalog in itself. We did a special tribute catalog just for his Gaudi collection. And that's the first, I think, 300 and roughly 20 lots of the auction. And then uh, the, the second catalog, which is being mailed at the same time and, and the auction is being conducted at the same time. So it's all really one auction. It's just separated by two catalogs, one designated for the Gaudis and the second one designated for our normal springtime auction uh, is another 510 pages, uh, or I'm sorry, a total of 510 pages. So it's, it's roughly about a 400 page uh, auction catalog. So this, between both um, catalogs, this is gonna be our largest auction ever uh, in the history of our company. So we're real proud of that. Um, the market's been very strong as we all are witnessing. So we're expecting a lot of records and amazing things to come out of this auction May 21st. So uh, the Manny collection is spectacular. Like I was saying earlier, it's it's something that will be talked about for many years to come. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity to see one high grade iconic set being auctioned off card by card. So uh, we're real excited about that. And we're excited about celebrating Manny's collection and what he did. So that's, that's important. That's great. And then our, se- our second catalog uh, leads off with a one of a kind unopened 1948 leaf pack with multi-cards, short print, and it's graded by PSA and eight. So uh, that's just mind boggling, but uh, that it survived all this years. I was going to say that. How do you come up with this stuff? (laughs) Well, read the the write-up on it when you get the catalog, but just a little quick uh, history. Mr. Mint, as we all uh, know. Yeah. Yeah. was privy to a lot of amazing finds. So there was a find, on, I think it was in the early 90s, maybe, maybe late 80s, of a group of these packs, not many, a group. 
And if um, some of the old timers remember uh, the Copeland collection, um, he was a sports um, uh, sports equipment uh, company like the Dick Sporting Goods kind of yeah. thing. He uh, he owned a bunch of these packs that he bought from Mr. Mint's Find, and he opened most of them. Um, and only a few of them survived, and this is one of them in PSA. Like I said, graded it an eight recently, and we're auctioning it off. So, real exciting. Uh, what's the, what's the bidding going to start off at something like that, JP? You know, I don't recall what we put, but maybe it was ten grand, fifteen grand. I expect it to go north of a hundred. Only time will tell. It's 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 spectacular. So we're real excited about that. And on top of that, we're breaking up a few amazing sets uh, from a. 54 Bowman, the number one 54 Bowman set to a uh, 58 top set, high grade nines and tens, as well as um, we're doing a special couple of sections on mantle because we have such a uh, array of mantle items and cards. And we're also doing um, the Jackie Robinson um, section, which has most of the Jackie Robinson cards being offered off uh, in wow. this auction. So Very cool. that's just a little bit. There's so much to this auction. And like I said, it's our largest ever. So real excited, but most importantly, just excited to um, celebrate Manny and his collection. And, and I'm sure he'll be very proud to, to see uh, the presentation as well as the, um, the results when this yeah. is over, you know, from up above. Sure. Yeah, Rico. Well, I want to ask you about uh, fractional buying. What's your What's your thoughts on that? That's a damn good question, Rico. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I, I was up all night. I, trying JP, to figure I, that I one. tell you what. I've been I've been salivating, waiting for your take on fractional buying because it's all new to me. It's all new to Rico. I've learned a lot in the last two weeks, obviously because of Joe and what it's all about. What are your thoughts on fractional buying? It's intriguing. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, at first I kind of was like, wow, you know, because, you know, I'm an old collector. I, I, I didn't really um, embrace it. Uh, the more the more time goes on, the more I watch it, you know, I'm kind of one of those that's kind of sitting on the fence, checking it out and seeing what's going on. The more I think it's, it's something that is uh, a viable business, a viable part of the hobby. I think it's starting to get legs and starting to get, you know, a lot of attention. Um, I know one of the companies just brought Joe Orlando on. I think that's an amazing uh, um, acquisition acquisition, or, you know, uh, higher partnership and bringing them into the fold. But just in general, I, I, I think it's good. I think it, it allows people to be part of this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, this younger generation that can relate to the, the excitement of buying and selling and, and the valuations, it's, yeah. it's all new. You know, you got to change. Like Rico says, you got to adjust. You got to give them what you want. Well, it, well, not only that, I mean, Rico, you, you know, again, you made a good point at the very beginning. We've talked about fractional buying in the, in the you know, over the last month, but you know, this, this is a segment of collectors, you know, the majority of collectors, you know, they can't own that 33 Gaudi Babe Ruth, card signed or that Eddie Plank T206. So, you know, for, for, for the average hobbyist, 
I think it's a good thing because they can make an investment, invest what they can afford, and they own a little piece of history. I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, from that standpoint, I, I do believe the majority of the participants that I could see are, are more interested in, in the investment side of it. But right. the, the neat thing about it, it's not like you're buying an Apple stock or something. You're actually, like you said, you can say, I own a piece of the right. Onus Wagner card or whatever, the Babe Ruth ball or whatever it is. So, you know, the more I, like I said, time goes on, the more I see it's kind of a neat thing. I do feel though, you know, and I'm just an outsider of these guys that like the Joe Orlando and the guys that are running these companies, I, they're much smarter than I am. But I, I definitely think that um, the real items that will really be successful in that business model or that, that, that format, format are the rare ones, you know, the stuff that you rarely see come up and get traded, you know. Uh, the unique pieces, the one of a kinds, the the cards that rarely come up in auction once every five years. So we're item. talking. I mean, that's more on the vintage, the vintage side too, JP, which is a good thing. Yeah, and and well, from that standpoint, yes, I think the vintage is really where I'm, I'm focusing on when I think about this stuff. Is that I think that for the shares to increase in value, there has to be a demand. Okay, for that item. And if you're just going to break up a, let's just say a 52 mantle in a three or a four or five, and they're in every auction with all due respect, because that's no it good. Exists, it doesn't get enough excitement for that. What I call the demographic of the guy more than likely that are buying these shares. Right. Right. Because good point. there's not enough growth. Okay. Or possible growth. I mean, there's no guarantees. Anything goes up, but when you have something extremely rare, I always use waterfront property. Why does waterfront property always go up, 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 no matter what? Because it's rare and the supply is limited and the demand is always so high. And that's the same thing in collectibles. And I'm sure it's the same thing in anything rare that you could buy. So I think that back to what Rico's asking me, I think that's an amazing business model that could uh, continue to thrive and grow over time. I would just think about whoever's, you know, at the, the heads of these things that maybe focus more on the, the true, real, scarce rarities, because I think that's where you'll get a lot of traction, a lot of interest, and a lot of growth. Yeah. Well, Rico, you know, interestingly enough, I was able to get my hands on the needle that the doctor used to lance your cyst. <laughs> and we're going to submit that uh, and sell shares. See what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Okay. What, you know, let me I'm ask you. Sure uh, sell out quick. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Let me ask you, do you think Wall Street, meaning the brokers, have any part, could have any part in this, and would it be advantageous to the, to, you know, uh, Another the auction great house? question. Petroselli with two two back to back great questions. Well, you think it's a great question. Many no, other well, people well, think it's not I, a great may, question. May I add to your question? Oh, you always do. You you. Hey, he steals my questions. He's no, right, no, Dave. Hey, Dave and Christine. She they both go ahead. All right, but JP, he, he's asking a, a phenomenal question. But I'm gonna. I want to add to that. Okay. Let's I want to take raise. I want a to Wall raise. Street guy, a financial advisor, okay? 
can a financial advisor slash Wall Street guy get involved and become almost like a stockbroker to someone who buys stocks? So in other words, uh, Joe Smith, he gets licensed and he advises you. He'll say, hey, look at X, co X companies coming up with a Rico Petroselli rookie uh, 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 game used shirt that's worth a million dollars. You should consider investing in this. You think that's all going to kind of come together and blend like Rico's asking this, you know, Wall Street with fractional buying? Well, I think that's kind of seems to be the, the direction they're heading. Um, you know, if you kind of look at what's transpired so far, it seems like that is the direction is, is hoping to get people that will buy shares and trade them and, and expand their portfolio from an investment standpoint. Um, you know, answer the question, do I think? I mean, anything's possible. It, it's, it's hard to believe that, you know, fast forward 10 years from now that, you know, you'll be looking at, you know, all the stocks on the stock market and then you'll also see a, a column for high-end collectibles. I mean, listen, anything's possible. You know, everything's changing. It's all, it all is driven by the interests and the, and, and the new core of collectors or investors that are coming in and what they perceive as value. I, I do, you know, also watch, you know, some of the bigger companies like the collectors universe, the PSA, they seem to be, to really be pushing the, the value, the value of, of collectibles. And, you know, so it's very possible, you know, in the future that we'll see some type of a platform that uh, involves stockbrokers or, or, yeah. or investment. Uh, I know that there's hedge funds that are starting to, to pay attention to adding collectibles to their to their portfolio. So yeah. to answer your question, Rico, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do see that as a possibility. It's it's mind boggling to me, uh, but <laughs> as time and time goes on here, who knows, right? And I, and I keep an open mind. I, I start to embrace some of this stuff a little bit yeah. and understand it. I'm not saying memory lane is going to all of a sudden be, yeah. you know, involved in the stock market of collectibles, but um, I definitely invite, you know, new areas of, the hobby, you know, when it's positive and and uh, represents the hobby in the right light. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. We are chatting with JP Cohen from Memory Lane. JP, I'm not going to ask you about NFTs uh, <laughs> because I, I don't know a lot about them. I know that you guys, it's, it's a baptism under fire. Uh, I, I, the whole concept still, I can't wrap my arms around it. I'm being honest. Rico, uh, do you it? even know what an NFT is? And it's not a football league either. Oh, what? <laughs> tennis, I thought. Uh, the new foundation tennis league. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, uh, it, it. Boy, and it's changing. You mentioned it's it's changed fast. Oh, I God. Mean, in the last I mean, year or so. Exactly. It, Holy jeez. Right? Yeah. I mean, how many, Rico, I mean, three years ago, if, if, if you and I talked about it and said, hey, this is what this hobby is going to be like three years from now, you would have said, you know, you're, you're nuts. Yeah. Like, you're, you're absolutely nuts. Hey, what's amazing. hot and what's not right now, uh, JP? Uh, if you look at the whole spectrum. Um, basketball, obviously, modern, ultra-modern basketball seems to be at the top of the heap right now. But hmm. overall, in your, in, in your assessment of what's hot and what's not right now. 
Well, I mean, the, the basketball market has been hot for a while now. You know, that, that uh, you know, from the modern to, of course, the vintage, which we're more familiar with. Hey, by, by, by the way, you see that, right? I like it. I like this it. Is, this has been my go-to. And Rico, guess what, Rico? Mm-hmm. JP sent oh, yeah. these to me, and I have yours here in Florida. And I, I haven't given it to you yet because he sent it at Christmas and I didn't see you, but I have yours. Oh, Wait. That could be a collectible. If you keep it any hey. longer, you might be able to put it on eBay and get it. That's right. You, you didn't That's give right. it you didn't give it to Ellen, did you? No, no, uh-huh. Ellen has one. Ellen has oh, okay. one. Okay. But go ahead. I'm sorry, okay. JP. I yeah. digress. Um, no, listen, the, the, the basketball <clears throat> listen, the whole industry as a whole is hot. I mean, it's just I can't tell you anything that's doing really bad. Um our every auction that we have and, and even some of our competitors have, it seems to be another record, another special uh, uh, level of, of, of valuation that's that's created. You know, you were mentioning the Wagner car, you know, one. God, I remember when I could get those things for under a hundred grand. I mean, the market is just Correct. tremendous. And I think it's just driven by, you know, the new core of collectors out there and I think the older collectors are still holding their stuff. They don't want the money. So, you know, if, if they don't sell, then the supply is very limited. But to answer your question, I, I think that real high-end, rare, one-of-a-kind uh, cards are always great. That goes with the, even the modern cards, you know, when they're number one of one or special. And then also goes for the vintage. And that's that's what I think is hot right now, but there's other areas besides cards that have been amazingly um, uh, doing well. Like for instance, photography, type one uh, uh, photos, that whole market since PSA is, is now pretty much putting the photos in, in slabs has created a, a tremendous interest and a tremendous amount of growth. And, and the supply is very limited in that, that part of the hobby. And the unopened part of the hobby is also done real well. These unopened packs and boxes. Uh, Steve Hart uh, is, you know, the the main authenticator yeah. for that stuff, and he uh, he wraps these these boxes from the '70s and the the '80s and even more modern. And people are paying record prices for the for these uh, unopened boxes. So. Uh, all areas of the hobby are doing real well, but it's nice to see outside of baseball, other parts of the hobby doing well, like basketball, even football is doing tremendous lately also. So good to know. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Your uh, website address. It's uh, memorylaneinc.com. Go on to the memory lane uh, uh, site. Uh, you're going to get, you can get a taste for their catalog online. It's a magnificent uh, Manny Gordon uh, uh, catalog. And we're going to keep the pressure on uh, JP to get that converted into a nice hard copy, a uh, uh, hard uh, cover coffee table book, so that you guys don't bother and Ellen and I anymore to write the book. So I think it's, it's a win-win for <laughs> we everybody. We definitely will. We'll, we'll keep this uh, this idea in mind and, and see if we can put something together. All right, JP, we love you guys. Hey, you guys have been a, great. A great, uh, you've been a, a great support for the uh, Great American Collectible Show as yeah. well as ATS Communications over the years. Uh, you've been a, a real big support to, to Ellen and I and John Mallory on our uh, uh, the books and 
um, all of that. So with that being said, man, we love you and uh, say hi to the gang. Yep. Hey, love you guys hey, too. Thanks care. for all your support too. We really yeah. appreciate it. And uh, look forward to being on the show next time. Oh, okay. definitely. Yeah. JP Cohen from Memory Lane Auctions. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, Jared Cavalli from Pristine is going to join us for a few minutes. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Rico Petroselli. If you want to own a piece of sports history at an affordable price, take a look at the magnificent highest resolution prints of famed artist James Ferentino. Check out the link here on the screen, and you'll be amazed at renderings of some of the greats like Clemente, Ruth, Brady, Jordan, and some of the greatest athletes to ever grace the sports landscape. The very affordable limited editions capture every shade of the original work. And yes, they're individually signed by James. Prices for these art gems range between $200 and $400 and will look spectacular in your office or collectibles room. Typically, a James original sells for five figures, but you can purchase one of his affordable reproductions now and cherish it forever. Go to jamesfiorentino.com forward slash store and purchase your personal work of art. James Ferentino, in our opinion, is the greatest sports artist on the planet. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder, Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. 
there will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag. And every tag is NFC enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay Authenticity Guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. eBay is the place to go for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all the time. Really, uh, that's eBay, connecting buyers and sellers globally. Oh, you had to cough right in between in my thing, Sorry. right? I couldn't. There was a <coughs> peanut stuck in my throat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Hey, listen, before we bring Jared in, uh, let's talk about our good friend Charlie Perino, Rico. All right. And the gang at JRI Cards. Well, if you want to have an absolute blast at obtaining some great modern and vintage cards, you got to check out JRI Cards. Our paisan, Charlie the Iron Ripper Perino, along with Money Marco, Dollar Dollar Girls, and the JRI Gang, give you the chance, they do give you the chance, to participate in, in opening a graded, unopened, and sealed fresh wax or cello pack of your favorite sports or non-sport. Who knows? You may wind up with a Mantle, Jordan, Gretzky, or even a Brady. Or a Petroselli. <laughs> yeah, right. Or a Petroselli. You know, something, Rico, it's easy. You buy in, Charlie opens the pack, and you get a pack of fresh cards, and that's simple. As a matter of fact, if you pull that special jewel, the guys at JRI Cards will even have it graded for you in the, on the house. Featured in the LA Times, ESPN, and USA Radio, JRI is the hottest card pulling show on the internet. Charlie and his staff make it fun, entertaining, and enjoyable. We've seen that. With his collection of hats, sound effects, and yes, you may even see him wearing a leather helmet from Rico's days playing for Root, Newt Rockney. You'll love it. And let's not forget that JRI donates a part of their proceeds to various charities. So check out their Charity Breaks page. That's JRI Cards. Check out their exclusive breaks and events that everyone is talking about. 
For a great hobby experience, go to jricods.com. All right, let's bring in another friend of ours who's actually talking about charitable work. Him and his staff, they do an awful lot for different charities. Yeah. Our good friend Jared Cavley from Pristine Auctions. Welcome, Jared. Hey, Jared. Hey, what's up, guys? guys? How are you? What's going on? How very you been? Good. Hey, uh, very good. You know, like everybody else, you guys, are, you're going great gangbusters. How the hell do you keep up with it? That's that's a good question. It's, it takes takes a big team. It takes a big, good, focused team. Um, we've got over 150 members of our team here now. So that's that's how we do it. Oh. You know, it's big volume and uh, we pump it out pretty quick. So we're always working on efficiencies, you know, making things a little more efficient as we go. So, Jared, can you, you know, you're unique because you conduct not just one vintage auction you guys have a whole series of different uh genres of auctions that's how i can you tell us about some of them and how they work yeah the, you know it's funny because when i'm asked that it's almost hard for me to tell you all of our different auctions <laughs> the the easiest thing to tell you and the reason why we do it this way is every day there are auctions ending on our site usually two there's our daily auction uh, which is always pumped full of usually like today, I think it's about 1300 lots. There's no reserves ever in there. Um, we also have, actually there's three cause we have our 10 minute auction. That's on a schedule every day. That one's a lot of fun. It's only live for 10 minutes, no reserves, no extended bidding. So that's rapid fire. And then we have, uh, uh, yeah, that one's a ton of fun. And then we have specialty options all the time. So, um, for example, Thursdays, we have what we call our feature auction. Um, there's never reserves there. Um, this one that's going right now is our master's auction, just in honor of the master's happening right now. So it's always themed. It's a lot of fun because it changes every every Thursday. In fact, I usually don't even know what's popping up. So it's fun for me to check the site uh, Wednesday night or Thursday night when the current one ends and see what's popping up. Um, but that's the easiest way to tell you is we have something for everybody, for every budget. And there's something ending, multiple auctions ending every single day. So there's not that big waiting period to get what you want. That is, you, you that's exciting. Oh, I just want to comment on it. It's really exciting because each day there's something new, as you said, and uh, it's kind of fun to get up, you know, and, and find out what's happening there. So, well, yeah. you, you know, what? like you use the you use the word rapid fire. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you go to a standard auction that's going to last two weeks or 10 days and you put a bid in and you wait. This is kind of instant gratification, Jared, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the drive-through mentality. You know, that's always been something that I've liked to cater our business to uh, because, you know, as, as a collector myself participating in a lot of other auctions, and I still do today. Uh, the waiting period is the most frustrating part, especially when you wait and wait and get your bid in and wait and wait and then get outbid at the last minute. It's super frustrating. So, uh, you know, we just want to always have something available for everybody at any time, any given time. You know, the other thing is, you know, it's not just sports. I mean, you have non-sports, you have jewelry, you have musical instruments. I mean, you have like a little of everything, correct? We do. Yeah. So, you know, our bread and butter has always been autographed sports memorabilia. Sure. And yeah. then sports cards, of course, has had a big, big resurgence. So that, that uh, part of our website has grown pretty significantly. So every Sunday we have a no reserve sports card weekly auction that's dedicated to sports cards that's ending. Um, so that's been growing a lot. So, you know, sports cards, audio memorabilia are definitely our bread and butter. That's what we have the most of, but we do dabble a little bit with coins, with art. Um, you know, it, it naturally collectibles as an umbrella naturally sure. goes into some of those areas. Yeah. Uh, you know, we asked that uh, we had uh, JP from memory, memory lane on earlier. Uh, are you into the NFT stuff yet? Are you guys getting into that? Yeah, it's, 
that's one of the biggest questions we get all the time. And we're definitely, we're having some conversations. Um, I think that our, our marketplace would be fantastic for it. Um, I think like everybody, I still don't fully grasp it, um, but I'm getting there. So I, I'm know, having I mean, such a hard time wrapping my eyes <laughs> around it, man. Yeah. It's starting to make more and more sense to me, you know, especially when my, my son is playing Fortnite and paying for skins. And, you know, I think that generation especially gets it. So I think as that generation, you know, starts to become collectors have, you know, have some disposable income. NFTs are probably going to take off even more. So I'm um, not saying there isn't a market now, because obviously there is, you see it everywhere, but uh, yes. So yeah, we're, we're, we're dabbling with it. We're getting there for sure. Listen, before we let you go, tell us about your charitable work. You guys do great, great stuff. Yeah. You know, one thing we do that's actually pretty exciting is uh, we have what's called a give back auction. Uh, we have a couple planned, but I can't talk about them quite yet, but we have some okay. really fun ones coming up. Um, so those will happen this year. We do at least two per year. Um, that's a, a weekly auction where every single, about 10% of the entire proceeds goes to a charitable, uh, uh, to a charity. So, um, we're teaming up with a, a musician and an athlete and you'll uh, definitely keep, keep an eye out for those. those yeah, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. In the past, we've done, uh, um, uh, several others, several other similar charity, charitable givings for the Suns charities, for the Arizona Cardinals charities, since we're here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so yeah, so that, that's one thing we do. We also, uh, there's a couple organizations that we give to regularly, one called Hope Sports and one called Identity Hoops International. Um, what's fun about Hope Sports, they actually do home builds um, right across the border of San Diego and Tijuana, Mexico. So we bring oh, nice. a team, we try to do it every year, but COVID has shut it down the last couple of years, but this year we'll get back to it. So we actually, it's honestly a, a team building, life changing experience where we go and build a home for a, well, for a family that needs one. Well, listen, uh, when uh, the new book comes out that Ellen and I are doing for Kenny Kendrick, uh, we're going to be hopefully going out to the uh, Diamondbacks uh, stadium there to do a book signing. We hope uh, we can hook up with you. Absolutely. Yeah, That'd be, be fun. All right. Yeah. Your website address? Uh, pristineauction.com. Great auction house. Great yeah. auction site, Absolutely. guys. Get your bids in. Thanks so much, Thank Jared. You. We love you. Thanks uh, for the uh, support. Take you care. Guys. Take Anytime, care. No problem. Jared Cavley. Right, we'll uh, Jared, just hang with us for a while. Uh, before sure. we, uh, we depart, uh, our giveaway, uh, another copy of Harry Hooper by Paul Zing, a great book from the Staten Island Joe bag. Rico, you ready? Well, I'm excited. I couldn't wait. can't wait. Come on. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. This week's winner is Nick. Oh, a nice Italian guy. Nick Mariachi. Nick Mattiacci. Nick, you're, I know you're a regular follower of the show. Here's the rules. You have one week to get in touch with us. Either IM us, you can email us, make a comment on the Facebook page, YouTube. You have one week. If we don't hear from you in a week, you're out. Fair enough? Tough, tough. All right, Rico. Uh, listen, welcome back. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back in the studio with you in a couple of weeks. I miss you. I want to have a yeah. cigar with you, shoot the breeze, see your beautiful okay. wife, and uh, get you to well, spring like for said, dinner. We feel the same way about you and Ellen. It's nice to be back, even though the weather's not as good as Florida, but, uh, you know, it's still, we see everybody, so it's good. Look All forward right, to seeing you. We love you guys. Chrissy, great job. David, great job. And to our viewers and our listeners, thank you so much for the support. The numbers have been off the charts. We're very, very thrilled with all the different platforms we're, uh, we're on. And uh, that's it. So with that being said, happy collecting.
The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.